Ideas sound great when they're in your own head, but when it comes time to articulate them uh, to others, suddenly those shiny and kind of perfect ideas aren't so perfect, right? So that the sooner you, you kind of seek outside counsel, you know, I think you're, you're better off for it. It's time once again to learn from the past and explore the future. Welcome to the Leadership Frontiers podcast with your hosts, Tara O'Brien and myself, Ron Duran Jr., In compelling discussions, we'll dig deep into leadership topics within business, education, nonprofits, the public sector, social justice, and wherever we may find it. This is brought to you by the University of Colorado Boulder's Center for Leadership. Thank you for joining us. Bing Chu is a managing director at Mojo Tech, a leading team of software engineers, designers, and product managers creating web and mobile products for clients across North America. Before joining Mojo Tech, Bing launched a small business of his own. He earned his MBA and he joined a venture-backed startup. Outside of the office, he spends his time moderating Boulder Open Coffee and volunteering by advising a variety of companies in Colorado and also serving as a board member for the Humane Society of Boulder Valley and on the Boulder Chamber. Today, we talk about the importance of the Boulder community connecting with the university, the power of mentorship and words of wisdom on starting a company and becoming an entrepreneur. Bing, let's just dive in on how you're involved with CU Boulder, uh, where you've spent your time on campus and with students. I know you spent a lot of time uh, mentoring and just kind of give us an idea of how that journey has kind of evolved over time and what you've been doing. Sure. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm primarily connected to the university through the Boulder C Leadership Program, um, which was uh, piloted uh, a little over a year ago. So this is my third semester uh, participating as a mentor. Um, there are a variety of uh, business leaders um, from uh, all over Boulder who are, are uh, participating as mentors, uh, working with a variety of, of great uh, CU undergrads. Uh, um, that, that's really my, my primary connection. Uh, I do kind of lurk around uh, in, in regards to uh, New Venture Challenge. Uh, I'm trying to keep my eye on, on that program. Uh, that's always interesting from my point of view. And uh, fun fact, uh, I almost uh, was a CU buff. I had uh, applied to, to Leeds and uh, was ready to pack my bags and, and head out here uh, for the MBA program. Uh, but uh, Babson College back east made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And uh, but that is how Boulder ended up on my radar and uh, why I ultimately decided to move out here uh, back in 2001. Yeah, so you're not a Colorado native. Where have you spent most of your life? Yeah, I was born in Boston, um, spent most of my life uh, in Massachusetts uh, in a suburb of, of Boston. And after grad school, uh, moved out here uh, to give it a try, like uh, lots of folks from the East Coast uh, tend to do. And Obviously, it's stuck, and, and so I've been here for about 20 years now, and, and Colorado is, is definitely home at this point, and has been for a while. It's funny how that works, huh? You come here, it's, it's hard to leave. It's, it, I don't know, for, for most people, it's, it's, a, it's a great place. As, as Tara and I say, it's a great place to call um, home base. So we w- we're a little sad that you're not a buffalo, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll adopt you. I appreciate that. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, Bing. Uh, what, what is your... I see a lot in your background of, of kind of gravitating toward leadership. What is it about leadership that draws you in? Do you have a passion there? It seems like you do. 
And what, what drives that? I suppose in reflecting on, on my career, and I like to joke with uh, folks that I've managed to um, commit career suicide in, in a variety of ways um, along the way, I never really uh, kind of explicitly sought out leadership as a goal or as something that I wanted to achieve. I think um, it's been a byproduct of um, being a little bit impatient and uh, not very tolerant of um, the status quo if I feel like is a better way to, to go about doing things. And uh, I'm not quite sure, you know, um, where that comes from, but that's certainly been an underlying type of thing um, throughout my life. Um, and I, I think it's just managed to kind of manifest itself into um, what we call leadership and in, in the professional context and in the volunteer context uh, out and about in the community. And then can you dig in a little bit more, uh, because, you know, Ron and I are uh, super fascinated with a lot of the different pockets of uh, leadership initiatives going on on campus. And we didn't fully know about the uh, leadership program that you've been involved with for the last three semesters. Can you dig in on what the purpose is and kind of what you've seen evolve from beginning until now? Yeah, um, I'll share the perspective mostly from the, the business community. Um, my friends on the university side of the, the mentor-mentee program um, probably have um, some closely aligned, but but um, maybe different goals. But uh, from our point point of view, um, you know, I've been serving as a board member for the Downtown Boulder Partnership. It's a business organization, a business membership organization. So uh, most of your favorite uh, retailers and uh, restaurants um, down on Pearl Street are, are members of the organization. And um, we were trying to think of ways to better connect the business community, uh, particularly along Pearl with um, the folks up on campus. So whether that be students, um, their families, uh, faculty, et cetera, it's amazing how uh, just a, a few blocks um, can, can um, feel like quite a bit more. And so, um, we've been brainstorming ideas um, in terms of how, how we might be able to better work together. Um, I can't take uh, any credit uh, for this, Tara. Um, I, I just so happened to be uh, somebody who uh, raised his hand when uh, we were looking for folks to participate in, in the pilot program. So, you know, we, we started out with um, four uh, business folks, including myself, uh, in kind of true entrepreneurial fashion. Um, we, we put this together to, to give it a try and see what would happen. And um, we realized it, it had legs, right? So from, from our, our point of view, building a stronger relationship at, at a high level, I think is what we were looking for. And, uh, you know, for me as an individual, uh, anytime I can uh, give back in some way, shape or form, uh, I'm always um, interested in entertaining that. And uh, why in particular with undergrads? Well, um, it was a while ago, but I, I was an undergrad once and, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's been long enough that uh, it's really nice to kind of feed off the, the energy of um, the, the folks who are coming up behind us, right? So, you know, I mentioned earlier that I feel like I've committed career suicide in, in a variety of ways. And I, I think I've learned some pretty important lessons uh, through that process. Um, if I can help shortcut uh, some of that and, um, you know, help an undergrad uh, find their way. Um, or at least set them on a, a path so that they can find their way at some point. Um, I, I would certainly, you know, uh, jump at that opportunity. And so I, I said yes at that time and uh, have re-upped uh, every semester. So it's, it's been great. The, uh, the leaders um, that I've had a chance to work with uh, as undergrads are 
really amazing. Um, they, they've kind of blown my mind in the sense that uh, when I do think about myself as an undergrad, uh, and, and by the way, I was uh, I was a pretty solid high school student. I was a terrible uh, <laughs> undergraduate student, and I was kind of a, a mediocre uh, grad student. But yeah, I, I think I, I really could have used a, a bit of direction and guidance um, back then. Um, I probably thought I, I didn't need it, but um, I think I'm a little bit older and, and wiser or a lot older, maybe a little bit wiser at this point. Uh, and so it's just a great opportunity to, to participate. And um, that's why I'm a part of it. And I feel like maybe you just answered the question of this, but but let's see if, if maybe there's more to this. Uh, you know, I, one of the things that I like to talk to my students about is, is be that person that raises your hand. So I, I picked up on you saying I raised my hand. And so why is it that you, you know, you said giving back is important to you? Why is that? Is that is that because you felt like, and maybe this I'm, I'm reading between the lines, is that because you felt like you wanted somebody when you were an undergrad to maybe reach out a hand to you and you didn't have that opportunity? Or is there something more? Uh, I, I think there's something more there, Ron. Um, you know, reflecting on my experience as an undergrad, I, I think I, I now know that um, it would have been very helpful to, to have a, a little bit of uh, other perspective. That being said, I think the kind of the, the broader context there is, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that I grew up in in Massachusetts, and um, when I first came out here, I, I kind of had the attitude uh, that I associate with a lot of New Englanders, uh, which is to say, uh, you know, I've got kind of a, a very small but tight knit group of friends who I, I rely on, and uh, everybody that's outside of that bubble, um, you know, I, uh, back in the day, I wouldn't invest very much time in. Uh, getting to know folks that that weren't uh, kind of in my immediate circle, and uh, that was a real eye opener when I moved to to Colorado. And uh, you know, strangers would or, or or folks who who had recently met me would give me a hug and uh, you know welcome me into their group. And uh, it, it was just a, a culture that that I wasn't familiar with. And so, as I got kind of introduced into that that culture, and I think it, um, I, I spent a lot of my time uh, run in the the um, software community. Um, particularly with earlier stage uh, companies. And there seems to be a very high degree of collaboration, of welcoming folks, of cheering each other on, um, you know, uh, whether it be friends or, or competitors or, or both. Um, and that was just, you know, something I, I wasn't particularly familiar with. So I, I tried to kind of keep an open mind and say, uh, what might uh, I be able to take out of this? And so over time, I realized uh, if, if I show up, um, interesting things happen. If I um, say yes to things, um, particularly with folks that I haven't had a chance to work shoulder to shoulder with, uh, interesting things happen. And um, that's tended to snowball and has served me really well. So in the very beginning, it was just kind of a, I'm not sure why I'm doing this, but I, I feel like it's, it's a, a, an experiment worth taking. And slowly but surely over time, um, you know, more and more interesting opportunities popped up. Um, my network grew. You know, I consider myself an introvert, so it's not natural for me to go out and you know, stick my hand out and, and shake a stranger's hand and, and say hello and introduce myself. It's just uh, not comfortable for me to be in kind of what I consider the traditional networking environment. And so what started to click for me was uh, volunteering with folks, um, putting in a little bit of time and energy with um other people who saw the world in a, a similar way or wanted to have an impact uh, in a similar way. And 
uh, that was the way I got to know uh, a handful of folks who then helped me get to know a handful of other folks and, and so on and so forth. And I'm guessing that, you know, that, that may resonate with uh, a lot of your audience, uh, particularly those who have kind of been around the entrepreneurial community for a little while. It, it's really striking. Uh, it was to me um, when I was first kind of introduced to this years and years ago. And um, when I meet folks who aren't familiar with the community, whether they're new to it and they're from Colorado or uh, they're, they're coming from other parts of the country or even other parts of the world and um, are in other entrepreneurial ecosystems. Um, it really stands out how much we collaborate here and, and how much um, we try and help each other out. So it, it's become more and more natural for me over time. And um, like I said, it's, it's served me well. So it's, it's something that I, uh, I'm happy to do. And um, it really kind of helps me get out of bed every day to, to be excited about something. That's a great perspective. Uh, you know, I'm an introvert as well, and and I just put a gun in my head to go to a networking event. It's, <laughs> it's the worst Same thing here. in the world, yeah. and so yeah. I've never really thought about it that way. That hey, how about you just you do this in a different way? You're still networking, but you're you're doing it in a way of, of volunteering, which is a little bit more of a a situation that is is more um, comfortable for an introvert. I mean, it's usually going to be smaller groups and you get to, you know, have a little bit more one-on-one, -on -one, um, conversation. So, uh, hopefully I'm not the only one that just learned something from Bing right there, because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, okay, that's, that's my new way to network right there. Yeah. You're literally validating I, I, my, my way of networking my new way. Um, and as I listen to you, I'm like, I'm like, he's literally, you're literally speaking my story because, uh, I could not agree with what you're saying more in the sense of, I mean, I came from the entrepreneurial community of Silicon Valley and San Francisco to Boulder, and it is night and day difference. And a lot of people are shocked when I tell them that, but this community in Colorado, especially in Boulder, um, is probably the best place I have ever been in the world to uh, try your hand at this concept of networking and what you're saying of not saying or saying yes to everything gets you some of the most unique opportunities and especially uh, unique friend groups. I found that when I moved here four years ago myself. So I hear everything you're saying. And um, I'm also, if you're, you're speaking to the students right in this moment, when I ask you this question, but I would imagine, I think we're all Gen Xers. So when we went through undergraduate school, tell me if I'm wrong, but I just don't remember our generation. The, the concept of mentorship and working with others in that fashion was so highlighted the way it is today. Um, but yet I still feel that it's not um, as widely accepted yet with students to work with mentors in the community. If you had the students listening to you right now, what would you tell them on why that is so valuable and how that can actually help them to pair up with people, you know, even over on Pearl Street? That's a, a great question, Tara. Um, what, what comes to mind is um, what have you got to lose, I, I guess, first and foremost, right? So uh, I'll admit that, uh, and, you know, as a, as a Gen Xer, um, not only were there... Um, far fewer of these types of opportunities, but um, frankly, uh, I'm not sure that I would have opted to, to say yes at that time, right, as, as an undergrad. I've always had a, a very kind of independent and, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to kind of prove myself. And, and so uh, as an individual, I, you know, there's kind of a tendency um, that uh, I still struggle with today as a 46-year-old. As a 
um, to, to kind of balance that that drive um, with uh, my desire to collaborate and, and feeding off of the, the energy of others and that kind of thing. But um, getting back to, to answering your question, you know, I would start with what have you got to lose, right? So the uh, the perspective I come from when it comes to whether it's mentorship um, or uh, seeking advice generally um, or, or having a formal role of some sort um, to, to provide advice or, um, you know, I've had a variety of, of kind of consulting roles uh, in my career. And my perspective on that is, is my job is to provide the perspective um, and uh, for, for the undergrads who are, are listening, you know, their job is to determine uh, how much of that perspective is valuable to them and how much of that they should discard, right? So um, in other words, um, and getting back to the, what have you got to lose? Um, you know, I, I think there's an awful lot of value in, in seeking out others' opinions uh, for a few reasons, right? One is um, by definition, you're, having a variety of, of perspectives that, that um, aren't exactly your worldview, right? So hopefully there's, there's kind of a, a broader um, set of uh, perspectives to, to choose from, uh, first and foremost. And secondly, I think, and this is something that I, I learned in a very kind of firsthand and, and painful way, um, having started uh, my own business for, for a couple of years, um, Ideas sound great when they're in your own head, um, but when it comes time to articulate them uh, to others, whether it's uh, in conversation or in written form or, or whatever the case may be, uh, suddenly those those uh, you know shiny um, and um, kind of perfect ideas um, aren't so perfect, right? So the, the sooner you, you kind of seek outside counsel um, and at a minimum force yourself to articulate your thoughts your ideas, um, your assumptions to, to others, um, you know, I think you're, you're better off for it. So that, that's kind of what comes to mind. I'm not sure that that's how uh, folks typically think about um, mentorship um, or seeking advice from others, but those are the thoughts that, that kind of come to mind. Um, as, as somebody that is dabbled in entrepreneurship myself, and, and actually I'm writing a book right now, uh, there's some, I hear courage and vulnerability, right? when we, we keep these ideas to ourselves, they're safe. We unleash them on the world, even if it's just to talk to a mentor about, hey, have you got this idea about a business or maybe it's a book or, or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're bringing you know, value or you're hoping to bring value to the world, that's tough, right? That's tough to have the courage and vulnerability to put it out there because it could get what? Rejected. So that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Now, let me ask you this, Bing. I too was a young man and, and quite honestly, I, I, maybe a, an older man too, that was very independent, very strong willed and always felt like I could do it on my own. And it, it's just been recently that I've, I've really opened myself up to, to partnering with people and, and leveraging their wisdom. And, and I, I feel like it's been a game changer for me. Would you, would you say, that, you know, you say you still struggle with it a little bit. Was that, would you use the word game changer for you know, in your uh, situation or how would you describe that? Uh, I would consider it a, a game changer. Um, and uh, I would also consider it, consider it a, a work in progress for, for me. Right. So I, I think uh, some, some habits are, are hard to break. Right. Um, look, it, the, the way I think about it is um, my kind of uh, independence and uh, my desire to, to prove myself, uh, that, that's been an engine um, that's 
that served me well in, in a lot of ways, right? I, I feel like uh, I wouldn't have uh, the types of opportunities uh, presented to me if I ignored that, uh, that part of me. But there is a healthy balance. And, and I think, um, you know, over time and with some experimentation, I've, I've, you know, slowly but surely started to kind of improve that balance a bit. And, and there's still, still some work to be done. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about just um, getting thoughts outside of your own head, uh, the value of that, um, the, the value of, of just um, seeing things from, from a variety of different angles and, and having others uh, help you do that. But there's also just a, a very practical kind of thing, which is uh, there are only so many hours in a day. And uh, maybe more importantly, as I get older, you know, I, I only have, uh, the, there's a finite amount of uh, energy that I've got that I want to invest in really a variety of different things, right? So um, while I'm, again, an, an introvert by nature and kind of um, uh, have a bit of an independent streak, um, I can certainly uh, move further with others, right? And and maybe even faster. So uh, that, that's been a really tough lesson for me to learn over time. But, um, you know, l- luckily I've, I've worked with an awful lot of folks, um, whether it's in a volunteer capacity or in a professional capacity, have helped me um, open my eyes to um, how powerful that can be. And so I've tried to kind of follow their example um, and, and, you know, pick up little uh, tidbits here and there to, to uh, help me along the way. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, for everybody, there, there's going to be a balance and, and for some uh, maybe a little bit different than, than mine, but um, it's taken me a long time, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to recognize the value of uh, strength in numbers. We're, we're definitely taking, taking advantage of asking you for your advice today. So I'm, I'm just going to keep going with that flow and, and say, if you, we have, I mean, CU Boulder is totally on the map when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, they, they've been recognized for um, a lot of the companies that have come out of CU and gone out, even COVID solutions that have come out just last year out of CU. Uh, some ama- I'm just so impressed with what comes out when, uh, with startup companies from some of these undergrad and graduate students with those uh, people listening in mind. I mean, currently as this podcast airs, we have upwards of a thousand or more students actively working on startup companies, hundreds of companies getting ready for competitions and putting together their financial models and their business plans. And a lot of them wanna take it out and go do it in the real world. And you've done this, you have founded and run your own company. So um, going back, what advice would you give to them as they're starting on this journey, as they're excited, frustrated, scared, full of imposter syndrome, maybe? What advice would you give them? First of all, uh, my, my reaction, and hopefully you can hear it in my voice, uh, it really brings a smile to my face to, to hear that there are, are uh, thousands of, of entrepreneurs um, in the CU community. Um, I don't know if it's actually the case, but my perception is... Um, for me, as an undergrad, uh, the entrepreneurial path was uh, a bit of a, um, it wasn't really considered a path, I suppose. Um, it wasn't a valid option, um, or it certainly didn't feel that way at the time. So to, to hear that uh, there's so many who are, are um, you know, trying to find their way as, as entrepreneurs is, um, is so fantastic from my point of view. Um, I'm going to give some, some advice that, uh, um, or, or my perspective, um, I think uh, creates a little bit of tension, right? Um, and, and frankly, being an entrepreneur, I think uh, one of the most important things to get comfortable with is uh, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? So we're, we're constantly working with uh, partial information. 
And so you're, you're essentially taking a, a series of calculated risks and, and how big those risks are, uh, are going to depend um, on, on the potential rewards and uh, a variety of other kind of situational type of things. But um, so on one hand, I'm going to encourage folks to, to go for it, not knowing what their circumstances are or, um, you know, what opportunities they're, they're considering pursuing. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I, I'm also going to encourage them to um, really be as critical as they can be um, before they really uh, move forward, right? So again, this is from the perspective of a 46-year-old who um, uh, um, is uh, happy with some results and, and less happy with others, right? Uh, it's all part of the journey, but, um, you know, the I started a, a small business uh, in Boulder. It was a, a bricks and mortar kind of a thing, um, uh, detailing cars, right? N nothing sexy. You, you take a dirty car or a messy car and you make it clean, right? I, I, frankly, I, I wish I'd been a pickier uh, about uh, what opportunity I might pursue before I actually went down that road. You know, frankly, I was a bit uh, overly confident. I thought I was uh, smarter than the average detailer and, uh, hey, you know, the, the margins look good and uh, this isn't... Uh, it doesn't re require a, a high skill level. There are, you know, pretty low barriers to entry. And, and so I went for it and I had no, you know, ultimately I have no regrets other than maybe I wish I'd thought a little bit harder about it before moving forward. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is um, I, I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears uh, into those two years of, of trying to uh, keep a business afloat and it ultimately failed. And, you know, I, I closed it, its doors and Realistically, I probably invested um, out of those two years, uh, one year too many, trying to keep something alive that um, you know uh, logic would have dictated, hey, it's time to cut your losses and, and move on with your life. But uh, at any rate, um, as a result of that, um, you know, from a practical standpoint, I had to take a step back. Uh, I was no longer in a position to just you know go pursue another entrepreneurial uh, idea immediately afterwards. Uh, nor was I in a good headspace for that, right? I, I was a little bit psychologically uh, beaten up. Um, and so there are, I think, a, a limited number of times that uh, a given person can really pursue an idea. Uh, I think there are a few exceptions to that rule, right? Uh, we probably all know somebody who just seems superhuman in terms of their ability to constantly uh, find energy to, to pursue something. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not one of those folks. That's not, a, not one of my superpowers. And so um, you know, there, there are only um, so many opportunities, and, and I felt like uh, maybe that was one where I took a bigger risk than, than I should have. Uh, I, I could have been a, a bit more critical about the idea before I just went and pursued it. You know, I, I think I suffered uh, from what a, a lot of MBAs or, or freshly minted MBAs uh, suffer from, which is they, they see an, a business opportunity uh, around every corner. And so, you know, when, when I work with um, entrepreneurs in, in whatever capacity, uh, I try and approach it with a little bit of tough love with the idea being that, hey, you know, uh, I'm trying to be a, a little bit critical, um, not because I'm trying to be hard on you for the sake of being hard on you, but like, let's let's make sure this idea is, is worthy of your time and energy, right? Um, so uh, yeah, very, very much contradictory advice, right? On one hand, go for it. And on the other, uh, be sure that this is the right thing to, to, um, to go for it on. I don't, I don't like the, the phrase winners never quit. And, and you kind of touched on this. You wish maybe you would have pulled the plug sooner. That's easy to say in hindsight. 
how do we deal with sunk cost bias? So we've, we've invested our time and energy in this, and it really is hard to pull the plug and say, you know, this is our baby, right? And, and how do yes. we walk away from that? So what's your advice on when's the right time to maybe walk away? Uh, um, I mean, it's really one that I struggled with when I was in the moment, right? And, and so I think um, this is very much a case of uh, hindsight is, is twenty twenty. How do we get better at that? Um, you know, knowing what I know now, I'd encourage uh, folks who are pursuing businesses of their own. To, again, you know, I, I think th this is where a mentor, an advisor, and these don't have, these don't have to be formally trained business folks or uh, people that have necessarily been there and done that, right? They can be uh, really anybody that that you trust um, to uh, be real with you, right? So. I'm reasonably confident that if you asked, um, you know, folks that are, are close to me, uh, whether or not uh, I should have pulled the plug uh, about a year in rather than two years in, uh, I'm guessing that the vast majority of them um, would have said uh, yes. And so um, I, I will say that the, the psychology of being a business owner, at least for me, was uh, was very powerful, right? Um, and I think this is one of the reasons why I, I, I get along with, with folks who are, are pursuing their, their, own, uh, their own businesses and entrepreneurial dreams, um, because I, I can relate in the sense that it can be a very, very lonely way to go. Um, and I think a lot of folks think of uh, the, the founder, the entrepreneur, the, the business owner as uh, somebody that you know, has a, a strong support network and uh, employees and, and so on and so forth. And um, that may be the case, but, um, when, when things are not going well, that that's when things can get, can get very, very lonely. Right. So look at some of my closest friends and, and family would regularly ask me the question. Um, so how are things going? Um, and it took me a little while to realize that, uh, they actually weren't really that interested in, in hearing the real answer. Right. And so they, they were kind of waiting for the default, uh, things are going great. Right. Everybody wants to hear that. Your business is is uh, is doing well. It's, I think seeking outside advice um, is the thing that really comes to mind for me. And um, you know, it's great to see that it, it feels like there's um, more and more attention being paid to um, you know CEO coaching, um, relying on uh, your board of advisors or board you know formal board members. Um, but again, they don't have, these don't have to necessarily be experts, um, that, that you rely on, uh, anybody that you trust, to kind of shoot straight with you. And again, provide a little bit of that tough love, I think, um, is helpful, right? Yeah. It, it can be tough, um, when you're, when you're in it and your identity is wrapped up in it. And, and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, it, it's your baby, right? It, it's not something that you're willing to let go of, uh, easily. Requires a lot of humility as well. Right. And. That's right. Tenacity and grit, but humility and resilience yeah. as well. Um, coming from three entrepreneurs all talking here today that have uh, started companies successfully and watched them fail. So we're right there with you. <laughs> um, uh, you know, everything you're saying being uh, about getting outside influence and, and asking people for help and advice, uh, and just running your ideas and getting conflicting thought processes, all of this, uh, in my opinion, um, is is how we build our leadership skills uh you know the, the concept of your leaders are born not taught has not 
uh, lasted for very long. Uh, we all know that you, yes, I do believe there's a little bit of you can be born or built through your environment to become a good leader, but you can be taught to be a really good leader as well. And some of that comes from these conversations that you're talking about. I know your philosophy very much is um, not, it doesn't matter what role or what title you hold, you can still be a leader. And I hear from students sometimes, not always, you know, I'm, I'm 20 and I'm going 21 going out into the workforce. I'm not going out to be a leader. What do you say to that? For me, I, I never really um, thought that I was training to be a leader. Um, I never sought it out. Um, you know, what we talked about that uh, a little bit uh, previously. And so it's not something that I, I necessarily think that people um, need to have as a goal, um, right? So um, first and foremost, uh, like, like let's put that out there that uh, I think leadership does come nat more naturally for some than, than for others. Um, and, you know, in reflecting on, particularly in my early career, I'm, I'm not really sure that I was a, a leader per se, but I do feel very strongly that uh, leadership can be applied in, in really almost any context, right? So whether that's um, in, in a, a professional setting or um, I, I even uh, think about leadership in the context of um, a long distance uh, backpacking trip that I took um, with, uh, well, I went out there on my own and, and met a bunch of folks that kind of saw the world uh, the same way I did, which was, let's take our time. This is probably the only time we'll have a chance to take a vacation like this. Um, and, and oddly, I, I found myself uh, providing a little bit of leadership to, to this group that had just met and ended up uh, hiking together for over the course of, of seven months. Uh, God, so tell us really where that was. You got to tell us where this was. Oh, yeah. So th this was a, a through hike of the, the Appalachian Trail. Oh, uh, fantastic. I was, a, I was a much, much younger man. Uh, wow. I think this was in uh, 1998. So at, at any rate, you know, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, it, it can manifest itself in, in an awful lot of ways, right? So I think what it's mostly rooted in for me is um, I just have this part of my personality where I, I like to see things happen. Um, and, um, you know, from time to time, um, when there's a group of people involved, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty natural for everybody to kind of wait for the, the other person to uh, make something happen. And um, I don't have to be that guy all the time, but if I evaluate um, what is and isn't happening and, and there's not enough happening, then uh, whether I'm comfortable with it or not, I'll, I'll kind of um, poke and prod and and, um, and lead by example when it's appropriate and, and that kind of thing. So at any rate, um, you know, coming out of uh, out of school as an undergrad, um, my world was, was more or less kind of turned upside down. I, I had a very clear idea of what I wanted to be when I first started college and uh, partway through, I realized um, that plan was was out the window and uh, what I thought I was passionate about, I was no longer passionate about. And so um, I, I really kind of just finished uh, as an undergrad trying to figure it out in, in like a, a really kind of broad context. I had no clue what I was doing anymore and felt a little bit lost. And so what started to, to kind of feel good was to make things happen. Um, uh, first job I had uh, out of undergrad was, you know, working in retail at, at REI um, and found some opportunities to um, exercise some leadership, although I didn't really know it at the time, right? Again, it was really kind of rooted in 
I see a problem. I, I think I might be able to help fix it. And uh, if it requires a little bit of initiative to do that, then, then I'll do that. And uh, it felt good uh, because I, I like to see things through. And so one thing that kind of comes to mind, uh, probably a, a bit of a tangent is uh, uh, in relation to your question, but um, I think a lot of folks are, are looking for a title or a set of responsibilities that are kind of explicitly laid out as a way to influence a group. Having never gone through the um, uh, recruiting process coming out of uh, as an undergrad and just kind of like taking a job to, to pay the bills and that type of thing, um, I, I was never really given any sort of uh, responsibility that would kind of explicitly put me in a leadership position. And so uh, I, I realized uh, fairly early on that um, if I just kind of channeled this desire to make things happen, then um could impact the group and and the responsibilities and and occasionally a, a title and compensation and that kind of thing would follow right so for me that was luckily something that i that i think i, I learned uh, reasonably early on and um and has served me really well over my career i gotta say bang a lot of my especially my undergrads uh, they have a lot of angst over not having it all figured out yet you know, they're, they're not really sure. And I, and I hear you kind of say that in your story. Let, let me, I have two questions, basically. Number one is, did you think that your life would take the path that it has? I mean, you, you've already said you're 46 years old. And now if you can go back in time to when you were an undergrad, did you ever expect that you'd be right where you are now? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. 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 yeah no, as a, uh, you know, in high school and, and uh, going to Brown as a, as a freshman, uh, as a mechanical engineer, uh, I had it all figured out, um, right? So uh, I was going to get my uh, degree in mechanical engineering um, and upon graduation, go work for one of the big three auto companies um, when there was still a, a big three back in the day, right? Um, put in my time uh, as an engineer and, and then uh, start my own car company because I, I thought that's the way it worked, right? You, you just go get a little bit of experience and then just go uh, start a car company of your own. So, uh, and, and that was something that, that was like uh, a very clear goal for me and something I was very passionate about um, for, you know, most of high school and, and certainly, you know, coming in as an undergrad and uh, as I really kind of dug into the nitty gritty of mechanical engineering, um, I, I, frankly, I, I lost lost my love uh, for the subject matter um, somewhere along the way, and so at any rate, so uh, the short answer is heck no. Did I? I think uh, I'd end up in software, or uh, I thought the idea of, of uh, serving as a board member for a nonprofit uh, was like for you know super successful business folks and people that are on the cover of magazines and that kind of thing. And, and I'm not that guy. You know, again, just kind of being open to opportunity, uh, raising your hand, right? Like, you know, um, you have to show up. Um, and if you, uh, you know, but before we kicked off the, this recording, we, we talked a little bit about uh, my belief and surrounding myself um, with people that, that kind of have that combination of brain power and give a shit. It, it, it's been a, a very powerful thing to to do that, um, to, to surround myself with, with those types of folks that, that have that kind of drive. And look, I, you know, I, I've known an awful lot of smart folks who aren't particularly motivated or passionate. Um, and, and I've known a lot of folks who are, are really passionate, but maybe don't have the, the skills or expertise to, to do the things that they want to do. 
And so I've, uh, I've realized over time that um, surrounding myself with uh, folks that have that combination, um, really interesting things happen, even if you have no clue um, going into it, um, what the outcome may be. So, so yeah, I mean, it feels like my, my, my follow-up question was, what advice do you have for these undergrads that have all this angst? I think you kind of answered that, you know, be open to the opportunities, raise your hand. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's what yeah. I'm hearing. No, that, that, yeah, that's, that's absolutely the case. And uh, it's going to sound very cliche, but um, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind is uh, trust the process, right? So I, I think, um, you know, I talked a little bit about taking a, a series of calculated risks uh, as, as an entrepreneur, but um, you don't even really have to think of yourself as an entrepreneur, right? Um, has nothing to do with starting a business or leading a team. You know, there are certain things that I can't control, right? There are a lot of variables and um, the world can be a, a crazy place. Um, and so what I've learned to do over time is um, to put in the effort to uh, kind of try and maximize the, the odds of success, but, um, you know, not getting too hung up on the result because I, I can't, I can't directly control that. Right. So um uh, I try and identify the the areas where I can have the most impact and and, and uh, control or at a minimum influence those things and uh, be okay with kind of just hoping for the best from there. So, you know, maybe that's a kind of a, a particularly uh, bolder point of view um, that, you know, uh, things work themselves out. But um, again, I, I consider myself, I'm a New Englander at heart. Uh, I kind of have that very practical point of view and, and, and yet I still find myself, um, really believing that uh, if you put in put in a little bit of work um, try and make as many smart decisions as you can and, uh, and and just kind of recognize that you cannot control everything and, and so you're going to have disappointment from time to time if you trust the process the results are going to work out um, often enough that you're going to feel pretty darn good about it uh, or at least that's the case uh, for me Bing, this is one of those uh, podcasts where we're just going to have to put the other 55 questions that we have on the back burner for you. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies by, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I think we're actually going to want to get you on another podcast just to talk about the Appalachian Trail because that's that's pretty <laughs> incredible. Uh, final question for you today, and thanks for joining us. Um, we super appreciate it. The uh, what do you think? You know, we talk about leadership a lot on this podcast. What do you think the frontier of leadership has ahead of us? What do you think is uh, super fun and exciting out there, or how can we do better moving forward? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I can't help but but think about uh, something that that feels a little bit uh, maybe situational, right? Um, we've all been working remotely for for some time now, or or many of us have, and you know, I think what it's underscored for me in terms of leadership and, and maybe more broadly in terms of relationships is um, I still have a, a bit of that old school perspective um, in the sense that um, I do feel like there's no replacement for being face-to-face uh, -face from time to time to, to build those connections. And so one of the things that, that's been on my mind and um, on the mind of uh, the leadership team at, at Mojo Tech where I work and um, with organizations like the Boulder Chamber and um, Humane Society of Boulder Valley where, where I serve as a board member you know, the, the past year or so has really forced us um, to kind of accelerate our thinking around um, how do we continue to, to foster those relationships and how do we continue to provide leadership in the community 
when we are not always physically present uh, in the same room. And and so while while I think you know the um, amount of work from home and, and remote work that that's been triggered by the pandemic is is really at the um, has triggered the stop process. I don't think it's going away, right? It's um, again. I, I think we, we've just kind of accelerated the thought process around it. Uh, it's not something that, that's kind of um, temporary. And so I, I wish I could, you know, uh, share some pearls of wisdom and, and say, hey, you know, here are the answers. But um, you know, for for the folks that I'm collaborating with uh, and in thinking through uh, the challenges that um, remote relationships uh, pose, um, we're still kind of trying to wrap our brain around that a little bit. Um, again, because I, I think that the speed of change was, was not one that we expected, right? Um, folks talking about remote work and uh, communication, leadership, relationships, this is not a, a new topic uh, not just in the last year, but it's certainly something that can no longer be a, a back burner conversation. It's, it's front and center. Thanks for spending your valuable time with us this week. If you enjoyed today's topics, please leave us a review. This will help us reach new listeners who can benefit from these conversations. We'll see you next time.